The Rebbe says that we discussed many times regarding that which the Shalos says, that the parshis of the Torah have a connection to the time of the year when they are being read and when they are being learnt. It's understood that the same thing is true regarding parshis Matis Umasei, that their kvias, the time that they are read, is always in the time of the Beinam Tzorim, in the three weeks. So obviously they have a special connection to the Teuchen, to the content of what the Beinam Tzorim, the three weeks, is all about. Now simply, we see the connection to Beinam Tzorim in a number of details. The Rebbe says, first of all, in Parshas Matos, Moshe Rabbeinu is reminding the Bnei God and Bnei Reuven about the Aveira of the Miraglim, because of which the Yidden remained in the desert for 40 years, which is very similar to the whole idea of the fact that we are in Golos, which starts in the time of Bein HaMetzorim. The Rebbe says in Parshas Mase we have, it's recorded regarding the journeys that the Yidden take from Mitzrayim going to Eretz Yisrael, as it says in the Medrash that Hashem says to Moshe, enumerate all of the different places where it is that the Yidden got me angry. This is what Elam Masi B'nai Yisrael is all about. So again, this is the whole point, point, uh, reason for why we have the three weeks in Golos is because of the Averis that the Yidden did. So another connection. Further, says the Rebbe in the Parsha, it discusses the concept of the Ori Mikla, the city of refuge, where a person that killed someone by mistake goes to Golos, so here again is the idea and the connection to the concept of Golos. The Rebbe says, another connection that we see is as the Shalah explains. The Shalah says that the ideas that are discussed in Parshas Matos, in Parshas Matos it discusses the idea of Nidorim, of vows and Shavuot, taking an oath and swearing. So when one does it in the wrong way, it's Poyim, it causes a blemish in the Neshama. And in Parshas Masay, it discusses the dinim of the, the Aveira of murder, which is causes a blemish in the physical body. And these two ideas, the Averis that cause a, a blemish in the Neshama and in the body, this is what caused the Churban of the Batim Mikdash, as the Shalah explains at length. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, we could say that the connection to these parshiyas of Tubein Amtsarim is not only to the concept of Golus, which is hinted in these parshiyas, as just discussed, but on the contrary, that the parshiyas are in the Sinas Koyach, they give us the ability to do our avoida during the time of Bein Amtsarim to be able to go out of Golus. And this is what the Rebbe is going to focus on in our Sicha. The Rebbe says the explanation is, just like simply, all of the dinim of Avelos, of Avelos, in the time of the Beinam Tzorim, so we know they don't apply it all on Shabbos, where, in which you're not allowed to be sad. On the contrary, mitzvah la'angoy, you're supposed to have pleasure on Shabbos and so on. Which from this we see that the idea of Shabbos is a space that, so to speak, the whole idea of Beinam Tzorim doesn't touch, doesn't affect. So too, and even more so, it is according to Chassidus, that Tzavach Tzedek explains that the Shabbosos, these Shabbosim in the time of Beinam Tzorim, are on the level of Makdim Rufua Lamako. That means we know that Hashem always provides the cure before bringing the illness. In a similar way, the Shabbosim of the three weeks, the, these Shabbosim are like the Rufua, they're the cure for the ideas of the Beinam Tzorim. If this is the case regarding Shabbos, 
Says the Rebbe, the same thing we understand, and even more so in regarding to the parshias or the Torah that we read during this time. Because we know that it says, is redeemed through Mishpat. And its captives brought back through Tzedakah. What does Mishpat refer to? Mishpat over here is referring to Torah. So Torah is what brings the Gula. If so, it's understood that the parshias or the Torah that we learn and we read in this time are definitely this idea of the Rafua that is coming even before and coming to help us with this Makkah of Golos. In other words, that these parshias are hero, are lessons, and it's in Askoyach giving us the ability to be able to do the avoid of Bein HaMetzarim, which is going to bring to the time when these days are going to be completely transformed. Says the Rebbe, since all the inyanim of Torah are betachlis hadir, completely accurate and very, very precise, and this the Rebbe says is, with a mikolshkein, from worldly things. In other words, if we know that everything in the world happens, and is precise, how much more so when it comes to matters of Torah. So it's understood that when the kvius, when the setup is, like this year, that parshas, matis, and masay, our mechuboris are connected, so there's a special hayroah and nesinas koyach for the avoid of beinam tzorim. The idea simply, says the Rebbe, is, in the years that matis and masay are separate, so then, in the Bainam Tsarim, what's read and what's learned is three sedris, three parshiyas for the three weeks. Matois, Masay, and Dvorim. However, when Matois and Masay are connected, so then we have in the Bainam Tsarim weeks, we have an additional parsha in the Torah. We will also read Parshas Pinchas. Because you have Pinchas in one week, then Matois, Masay, and then Dvorim. The Rebbe says in certain setups of the calendar, like the year that the Rebbe is saying the Sicha, you even have Pasha's Bullock, because when Shiva Asar Betamus is Shabbos, Shiva Asar Betamus is the first day of the three weeks, but with that Shabbos, so we now have an additional Shabbos, so that's Pasha's Bullock. Says the Rebbe, since in this period of time, when we have, as said, when Matis and Masai are being read together, and therefore these extra Pasha's and Benam Tsarim, so there's so much more Torah being read during these times, it's understood that through this we get even a greater and stronger Nesinas Koyach to cure the inyanim of Bein HaMetzorim, and I said before, in a way of Makdim, that the Rufuah comes, even before, the cure comes even before the sickness. The Rebbe says it's also understood that this special Nesinas Koyach, the special ability that's given, is connected not only with the fact that we have much more Torah being read, but also more specifically with the ideas that the heroes of Matis and Parshish, Matis and Masai are being connected and combined because of their special connection to this time as said before. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first explaining the fact that when we have certain Shabbosim, when two Sedres, when two Parshish or Mechuboris are connected, so it doesn't mean that we're reading in one Shabbos two separate Sedres, but rather they become connected now as one sedra. The Rebbe says this could be seen clearly from the fact that we don't read each parsha separately in a different time of Shabbos, but rather we read them together. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, when we read them together, how do we divide the aliyahs, the seven people that are called up, and so too how do we divide the sections of the parsha for learning chitas over the week, 
it's not in a way where you could see clearly the division between the two parshias. So that would be, let's say, by calling, because there are seven aliyahs, so we'll divide it, so it'll be four aliyahs in one parsha, in the first parsha, and then three in the second parsha, or something similar to that. But rather, when we read it in the Torah, and when we learn it, we take one aliyah revi, and that combines the end of the first sedra together with the beginning of the next one. And when the person getting the aliyah makes the brachas, he'll make the brachas before the beginning of that aliyah, which is part of the first parsha, and then he'll read and say the brachas after the aliyah on, on, the, on the section, after he reads the section of the second parsha. So it becomes completely one parsha altogether. And the Rebbe says, seemingly, if in fact they are two separate sedras, as the way they are in those years when the parshias are separate, so why is it that we didn't make some sort of separation, at least in the way we read it, even when it's together, but still to show that it's two separate parshias? That itself tells us that when the parshias are mechuboris, when they're connected, they are actually becoming one sedra. In other words, even though that each one does, of course, have its own idea and its own toich and its own content, because we know that the fact that the Torah is divided into 53 sedris means each one is something individual and distinct. Nevertheless, when we have this sort of kavias, when we read them together, that means they're now becoming one parsha. And the Rebbe says, we need to understand how this works. Seemingly, if parshas and mat, seemingly parshas, matis and masai don't seem so connected to each other at all. The Rebbe says, in some of the parshas of the Torah, we know that one parsha is coming directly following the other parsha, either in time or in content. So we can understand the flow and the connection between two parshas. But in our case, in parshas matos and masay, parshas matos is speaking about commands and incidents that took place at the very, very end of the, the 40th year of the hidden being in the Midbar. That's parshas matos. Where is Parshas Masay, which starts off, and these are the journeys of B'nai Yisrael, is sort of like a summary of all of the journeys and the things that happened there of the previous forum of Shmois, Vayikra, and Bamidbar. This is really a, a Parsha that encompasses approximately the, all 40 years of, of the desert. It's taking over, it's, take, it's going through all of these years, the whole duration of the 40 years in the Midbar. So how do we understand this connection between these two parshias? So the Rebbe said, we discussed a number of times, many times, based on what the Baal Shem Tev teaches, that the name that something is called in Lashon HaKodesh is actually the chayas, is the vitality of that particular thing that is carrying the name. And the name actually hints to what it's all about. So too, says the Rebbe, is in regards to the name of the parshias of the Torah, that the inner content of the whole parsha is really expressed in the name of the sedra. In our case, the toichen, the point of what parsha's matris is all about, is hinted in the name how it's called al piminig Yisrael, that it's called matris, and so too in regards to parsha's masay. What's the explanation? So the Rebbe's first focuses on what the word matris means. Generally we find two titles of how Yidin are called when we're speaking about the tribes of the Yidin, there's two names for it. Shvatim and Matois. Both of them mean tribes. The difference between Shvatim and Matois could be understood also according to the meaning of the word as we look at it. Simply, 
What is the idea of a mate and a shevet? So shev, they both are really a branch off a tree. But shevet is the twig or the branch as it's still soft, flexible. Whereas mate is the stick or the rod as it's already become hard and strong. The reason for this difference is, says the Rebbe, because shevet is the kind of branch or the twig that still has some sort of that nourishment, sustenance from the tree. It still has some of, in other words, even if it's disattached, it still has some of that moisture in it. In fact, sometimes shevet is actually referring to the branch as it's still attached to the tree. And therefore, that's the reason why this branch is fresh and soft. And soft. As opposed to a mata, which is specifically after the branch is cut off, and it's no longer having any sort of yinika, any sort of sustenance, nourishment from the tree, and that is when it becomes completely strong and hard and so on. The Rebbe says, we can now understand that the same thing is true in the two titles of how we call Yidin by Shvatim or Matos. Both Shvatim and Matos represent the idea that the Neshamas Yisrael are coming from a root, they're coming from a tree, they're coming from Elikus, which is the Ilona de la Ela, the supernal tree. So every Yid is like a branch of that tree. But Shvatim represents the Neshama as it's still connected with godliness in a more revealed way. As it's still standing with a dvekus, it's cleaving, it's connecting to Ilona de la Ela, the, the supernal tree. More generally, says the Rebbe, this is hinting to the Neshama as the Neshama is up above even before it came down into the body where it stands with complete bitl, constant bitl, and dveikos to elikos. That's what a shevet is about. And that's what the name shvotim represent. On the other hand, matois, this describes the Yidin, how in a more revealed way, they're not so connected to the source. It's not noticeable in a, in a clear way, their dveikos, their connection to elikos. Or in a more general way, says the Rebbe, this refers to the neshama as it came down into the guf and into the nefesh Bahamis. And through the descent in the guf and the nefesh Bahamis, it became more physical, more materialistic. And it's as if it was separated from this supernal tree, from its original root. The Rebbe says, this is also, now going back to Parshas Matos, when we say that Parshas Matos is the name of the Parsha, it's hinting to the Neshamas Yisroel as they come down into this world and as they become, became much more physical as if there's something separate to their source. That's what Matos represents. So Matos is the descent of the Neshama into the world. Whereas the name Masay, which Masay is the idea that you're completely moving away from your previous place and you are coming to a higher place. Masay the Yidin are journeying to Eretz HaKodesh, to the Holy Land. So in Avoidas Hashem, this refers to the Nesiya, the journey, the Halicha, that, that, the going that the Neshama comes to as a result of the coming down here into this world in a way of Matos. In other words, as it came down here, it was way, that the point was Matos. It separated from its source. But the whole idea was that as a result of this Yerida, as a result of this Matos, as a result of this descent, the Neshama is now going to be journeying to a level higher than it was before it came down. And that's what Masay represents, the journey. In other words, the Neshama, before it came down, it was called Oymed, it was stationary, standing as if in one place, like that which Malachim are called. 
because its way of serving Hashem with Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem, love and awe of Hashem, was much more limited. And therefore, even when it goes up to a higher level, it's not completely removed from its previous level. And therefore, it's still always called by the, by the name Amida, it's still, it's still always standing because it never really got away completely from its previous state. But specifically through the Yerida Lamata, specifically by coming down into the Guf, into the Nefshah Bahamas, into the level which we call Matois. And through working with the Guf and the Nefshah Bahamas, and with the Guf and the Nefshah Bahamas doing Torah and Mitzvahs, which is Hashem's Chochmah, Hashem's Wisdom, and Hashem's Ratzin, the Ratzin of Hashem. Through this, the Neshama comes to the level of Masay, to be able to journey, to become a Mahalich, to be able to be someone who goes completely higher than the way the neshama was previously as it was up above. So that is what matois and masoi represent. Again, matois representing that like a stick, a rod that was disattached from its tree, says the neshama, the way it came down here, lamata, and masoi represents the aliyah that it has as a result of that, the journeying. The Rebbe says this is all in a general way. That the Yeridas HaNeshama, the descent of the Neshama is hinted in Parshas Matois. And the Schar, the reward, the Aliyah, the ascent that it has, that's more about Parshas Masai. But more specifically, says the Rebbe, both in Parshas Matois and in Parshas Masai are hinted the, both the Yerida of the Neshama, the descent of the Neshama, as well as the Avoid of the Neshama, and also the reward and the Aliyah. So again, first the Rebbe divided in two general ways. Matis is the Yerida, Masai is the Aliyah. But now the Rebbe is going to look at each one of them. If we go more specifically, we'll find that each one of them actually have three points. Both of them, both of them have the same three points. So in Matis, we're going to speak about the descent of the Neshama, the avoid of the Neshama, and the reward of the Neshama. It's Aliyah. And also Masai is going to have the same three things. And the Rebbe explains that when we spoke about this idea of a matter being hard, being strong, is not only the fact that the neshama, because it now separated from elikus, so now that's the type of stick or rod that it is, a, hard, uh, a dry and therefore hard stick, etc. But it actually also represents, represents the avoida of the neshama, the strength of the avoida that needs to be and that there is by the yid down here below. In other, because he needs to overcome all of the disturbances of the guf and the nefesh of Bahamas and certainly of the world. So this is why the neshama needs to stand with a very great strength, that of, similar to a mata, to that stick, a strong stick, a strong rod, not to be nispal, not to be affected by the, all of these concealments and be, to be able to overcome them. So that's this, so again, we had first of all, the neshama itself is called like a mata because it came down here. That's the yerida. It also has the strength of the mata to be able to overcome the concealments. And now comes point number three, the reward. When a yid down here in this world does his avoida and toira mitzvahs with a strength, not to be nispal from those, all of these concealments. So then his reward is also in a way of mata. What is the idea of a mata? Again, the strength of the mata that he is now going to reach. The neshama is going to reach a certain strength that comes from the very, very highest level, the root of the neshama, 
This is called in Chassidus the Eisan of the Neshama. The deepest part of the Neshama is called Eisan, which Eisan again means strength and strong. So even more than the Neshama had, when it was Lamaila, when the Neshama was Lamaila, we said it was like a Shevet, which is attached, but it's soft. But the deepest part of the Neshama, the root of the Neshama, is called Eisan, which means it has a very great strength. So the reward of coming down here and working with strength is that the ultimate strength of the Neshama is revealed. So that's all seen in the word matos. The Rebbe says the same thing is also hinted in Masai. We said generally again, Masai is the reward, but the Rebbe is now going to look that Masai really includes also all these three things. Masai is in the plural. So it hints, first of all, on the journey of the Neshama. We said before how it's the ascent, but now the Rebbe is including more things. There are also hints to the journey of the Neshama from above, down below, into this world. So that's number one, that's the descent. Then number two is the fact that the Yid down here in this world, the Avoida that he has, is also in a way of a journey, that he's constantly going higher and higher from one level to the next. That's the way his Avoida needs to be, he's constantly striving to go higher and higher. And finally the reward, as we said before, is that the Neshama achieves the ultimate Masay, the, that advantage that the Neshama has over the Malach, as we said, that it becomes in a way of a Mahalach, that it's going now. Not only stationary standing in one place. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the connection between Parshas Matis Masay to the time of Bainam Tzorim. Because this whole idea of this Chiddush that we just said about Matis and Masay, the fact that the Neshama needs to come down here in this world, and it's specifically over here that it stands so strongly, against all of the, uh, the, the the hardships of the world. And so too, the main re- reward that comes as a result of this, says the Rebbe, all of this is true always, but it's more so, not just because of the Neshama coming down into this world, but it's even stronger the case, and mainly when we speak about the descent in the time of Golos. And that's what Bein HaMetzarim is all about, the time of the three weeks. And the Rebbe explains why that is. Regarding the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when as the Mishnah said that Asarun Nisim they were constantly seeing godliness. Ten miracles were happening in the base Hamigdash in the way that the Yidin were able to see this. So the Yidin were able to see and hear godliness in an open way. And therefore they were standing more naturally with the way of bitul, nullification, dvekos, cleaving to Hashem. The Rebbe quotes the Gemara that says, Kederech Lirois, Kach that a Yid came to the base Hamigdash. And Hashem sees him, but he was also coming to see Hashem. And the Avoidah then was in a way of Av of a year, with love, with fear to Hashem. So in this case, you can't really call it in a, it, that they were on the level of Matois, completely separated from the tree. On the contrary, you call them Shevet. They are like that softer branch, which is still connected to the root, to the, to the body of the tree. And this is also why at that point they also didn't need that special strength to be able to do their Torah and mitzvahs. And if they don't have that special strength, we also, that third point is also missing. They're not going to have that Eisen Sheba Neshama revealed, which we called that the reward. In other words, at the highest level of the Neshama is now going to be revealed. But in the time of Golos, when you cannot see godliness, when godliness is not so much sensed as in the time of the Beis Amigdash, there are so many concealments on Elikus. This is why we said the Yidin are called Matois, because we don't see so much their connection, their Dveikus to Elikus. 
This is exactly why that's when they need to reveal a much greater strength to be able to overcome all the obstacles, all the challenges for the avoid of Torah and mitzvahs, especially if you want to be able to transform the darkness of the Golos into light. So there, so again, number one, there is their own descent in the time of Golos. They also need to use a much greater strength like the Matos. And this is also why the reward is also in a way of matos, that that strength of the etzim and neshama, the essence of the neshama, is revealed even more than in the time of the Beis Migdosh, and even more than in the time than the way the neshama was up above. And in a way of, this reward is in a way of masay, as we said, that it becomes the real halicha, the real movement of the neshama, as opposed to just standing stationary in one place. And the same thing, the other aspects that we said are all really the same three ideas are also seen in the word masay. So this idea of matis and masay is even more true when we speak about the yid coming down in the time of Golos. Says the Rebbe, up until here we discussed, what we discussed till now is true even when matis and masay are separate, each one read for themselves. That means when they're not mechubaris. But most years, says the Rebbe, when matis and masay, Matis and Masay do come together. We have an additional which each one of them is poil also on the other. In other words, then there's an extra that the Avoidah should be even in a greater way, but on the other hand, also an easier, in an easier way we should be able to do it. And the Rebbe explains, in other words, that each one, what Matis is going to add to Masay and what Masay is going to add to Matis. The Rebbe says, in the idea of matos, that means, matos again mainly refers to the Yerida in Golos, but what it's emphasized together with the matos, that it's really about a Masay. What does it mean that it's Masay? That Hashem is the one that actually caused this all to happen. Just like the journeys in the Midbar in the simple sense. As the Pasuk says, we're al Hashem that the Yidin were traveling the whole time constantly based on the instructions of Hashem. Hashem is the one that made him travel from one place to the other. The same thing our Yeridi in Golis is al Hashem. And therefore it gives us an extra encouragement, an extra strength in our Avoidu in Golis. The same thing is true. That, that's as far as the Yerida aspect of Matis. We said there's three things. As far as the Avoidu aspect of Matis, that we say we need to act in a strong way. What does it mean when it comes together with Masai? That we have the Nesinas Koyach of the, of the Torah. That in any single thing that the Yid does in his Avoid in the time of Golos, there should always be that strength of Matois, but in a way of Masai. That means not only do we have the strength itself, but going higher and higher within, within in that strength of Matois. So that's regarding the second point. And regarding the third point that we said, the reward aspect of Matois, which is re- the revelation of the Shodesh HaNeshama. So again, the revelation of the Shodesh HaNeshama, of the, which we said is Mata, is that very strong part of the Neshama, but is also in a way of Masai, meaning to say, going even higher into the highest roots of the Neshama, so that Sof Sof, ultimately it's an Aliyah that reaches to such a strength that's even higher than the strength of the root of the neshama. Masay means that that strength itself were going higher, so to speak, even beyond the root of the neshama. What does that mean? Because the strength of the root of the neshama is ultimately still limited in a certain, to a certain extent. But when we say that a person has the, the true avoida of matos in the time of galus, so then the neshama is, is elevated to something that's even beyond the neshama, 
it goes into the level of a likus that's completely bleakful, the, as the expression is, to become completely drawn in or, or absorbed in the body of Hashem, so to speak. That it becomes one thing, with Atmos. And the same thing is the other way around. That within the Masai, within the reward of the Neshama, which we said is generally Masai represents that journey, that reward of the Neshama, but it's not that it comes in a completely separate time. That means it's going to be sometimes in the future, but Masai together with Matos is telling us that it's together with Matos, that as the Yid is down here in this world, right now, he already has this Halicha Valiyah, he's already able to go and to ascend to these highest levels. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we're going to understand the connection of these two ideas that specifically when Parshas Matis and Masai are Mechuborois, we said that that also causes that Parshas Pinchas is read in the Beinam Tzorim. And sometimes, again, as the Kviyas of the year, the Rebbe was saying the Sicha, even Parshas Bolok. What's the idea? Says the Rebbe, because this is really coming to answer a question. Seemingly, one could ask, how is it really possible to demand by a year, that in every single journey that he takes, should be with this tremendous strength of matos. There are so many different types of journeys by Yidin throughout their lives. There are differences between Aliyus and Yeridus, sometimes you're on the way up, on the way down, to the extent that it goes from one extreme to another, and yet you're expecting the Yid to always be standing with that greatest, greatest strength. And the Rebbe says, all would be understood if we're holding by that journey, as the Pasuk says, by Yisu Meiramseis, when they're starting to journey out of Mitzrayim, when the Yidin are biyad ramo la'enei kol Mitzrayim, going with an with a, with a with a outstretched hand, with a strong hand, going out of Mitzrayim, in other words, the Yidin are at their height, at their peak, we can understand how you can be standing strong. Or if we're speaking about the journey that's leading to Midbar Sinai, going to Har Sinai, we can understand that then we can demand from the Yid that he should have that strength to be able to journey higher and higher in his Avoidah. The question, however, is, how can we really demand by a Yid that same strength when he's holding by a journey, for example, from a place, one of the places in the Chumash is called Rizma. And why is it called Rizma? So it's explained that this is because of the Lashon Horror of the Miraglim, which is related to this word Rizma. Or a place called Avel Hashitim, which was connected with the Aveira of Baal Pa'oir. How could the Yid hold by that same strength then? So the answer for this is Parshas Pinchas. When the strength in the Avoida of the Yid is only coming based on his own mitzvahs, on his own, the way he is on his own, since a person is a finite and limited person, so yes, it's true he wouldn't be able to have that same strength in all of these journeys. However, when the toikif, when your avoider is similar to the way it was by Pinchas, regarding whom it says, Bekanoi Eskinosi, that he avenged Hashem's anger. He stood up with Mesiras Nefesh practically in front of all of Am Yisrael. So when by Ayid, there is this idea of this Mesiras Nefesh, the poil, he has this as an introduction to all of his avoider, He's going out of his Matisse. It's not about him. He's standing in the way of Mesiras Nefesh. Then there's absolutely no difference for him in whatever journey he might be holding. He's always acting. And he's always carrying through the Tzivuy of Hashem with the absolute greatest strength. The Rebbe says, well this is also understood, that the Shleimus Achibur, that ultimate connection of the Savoida of Matos together with the Avoida of Masai, 
is specifically accomplished when we're reading Pashas Pinchas, also in this same time, in Bein HaMetzarim. Especially again, says the Rebbe, if we look at the Kviyas of the year that the Rebbe was saying, the Sikha was Shivasa, but Tammuz was Shabbos. So you also have Pashas Bolok. So the idea over here is, because in Pashas Pinchas was speaking really about Hashem's reward for what Pinchas did. But in Pasha's Balak, we actually have the story itself of what Pinchas did along with his Mesiras Nefesh. Because again, it's this story of Pinchas that is in his way of Avoidah that explains to us and gives us the Koyak of how we could really combine this idea of Matos and Masay together. The Rebbe says Pinchas answers another question. We could also ask the, the question of Matos and Masay. One question was regarding Matos, regarding the strength that was expected of us in the time of Golos. But the same question can also be re- asked regarding the schar, the reward, the masay aspect. How could the neshama, especially as it comes down here in the time of Bainam Tzarim, in the time of Golos, how could it reach this level of masay to this greatest strength of the neshama? And we say that it's go even higher than it is in the shaydish neshama, in the way it's in the root of the neshama, all the way up above. And furthermore, we say that it should be able to shine in the neshama as the Nisham is in the time of Golos, which we said that's the Matis aspect. And the question is, seemingly, regarding the Schar of the Avoidah of Bechol Moidecha, when a Nishama works and does all of its Avoidah, to which a Nishama comes usually through its coming down here into this world, especially in a time of Golos, so usually we say that B'misoson Royin, it's only once a person passes away, after he had refined his guf, his nefesh Bahamas, he did his avoida of his skafia, his hapcha, bending the nefesh Bahamas and transforming it. Then, after he passes away, he gets the reward. But usually we say it's not during a person's lifetime. So here again we have the answer, parshas pinchas, that we read before the Benam Tzorim. Or rather, we read it before, even within the Benam Tzorim, again, according to this kvis. That is, that as long as the person, again, is serving Hashem only because of his own mitzvahs, even as Avoidah is in the highest level, but he's still not going out of himself, out of the limitations of a Nivra. So then you're right. Then it can't be that he'll reach to this level that's going higher than the Nishayi as he's down here. But when his Avoidah is again like Pinchas, with Mesiras Nefesh Mamish, completely the opposite of nature. So then he goes out of this category of being called Nivra, of being called a creation, and even out of the limitation, so to speak, of the Neshama the way it was, in its highest and original root, which is, at the end of the day, still some sort of metzius, and not yet atzmus. But rather, now, if it goes out of its complete metzius, we said through Mesiras Nefesh, it does become kvayachol. One with atzmus, as the Pasuk says, v'aruach toshuv elo elikim, asher nesana, the spirit goes back to within Hashem, Hashem that has given it into the guf. And because of this avoid of Mesiras Nefesh, b'poyol mamish, you have the complete bitter, the complete purification of the Guf and the Nefesh Bahamas. And therefore the Neshama, even as it's here in this world, and even in the time of Golos, it could sense and it could have that ilui, that alicha, that bleakful of Masai, to which the Neshama reaches through its Avoida. The Rebbe says, as mentioned earlier, there is also another special Indian that when we read Matis and Masai together, we sometimes have this idea, like the Kvis, again, that the Rebbe is saying, the Sikha, that the first day of Bainam Tzorim, Shiva Asar Betamus, and so to the last day, which is Tishabov, will fall out on Shabbos. And Shiva Asar Betamus, as we said, is Pasha's Bolok. Says the Rebbe, the explanation of this, and the connection to the previous explanation that we were speaking about, and the connection of Matis and Masi. 
The Rebbe says, the main purpose of the Neshama coming down here generally, especially in the time of Golos, as we called it, this Matos idea, is as the Alter Rebbe tells us in Tanya, brings from the Eitz Chaim, that the Neshama itself doesn't need any fixing up, any correction at all. The whole reason the Neshama came down here is only to fix and to deal with the goof and the Nefesh Bahamis and to the portion that's connected to this person, the Neshama, from the general world. From this we also understand that the main avoid of the strength that we've been speaking about, this Matos idea, and so too the real reward that the Yid gets of the Matos and the Masay in his avoid down here, is not only the fact that the Neshama is able to overcome the guf and the nefesh of Bahamas and the darkness of the, Negol, of the Golos. And in other words, that this is all things that the Neshama is accomplishing, but rather the main point is the avoid of Iskafia and Ishapcha of the nefesh of Bahamas. And even more so the darkness of the world, the darkness of the Golos, which is in other words things that are even outside of our, of our nefesh of Bahamas. Because, says the Rebbe, the strength that the Neshama has in coming down here, and even the strength that it accomplishes, and that's accomplished as a result of the blockages, the concealments of the Nefesh Bahamas and the world, ultimately all of that is not such a chidush by the Nefesh Olikis. Because the Neshama, in its very essence, is really godly, and actually enjoys godliness. And therefore, there's not the real halicha or aliyah going completely in the most perfect way out of itself into atzmus mamish because it still is somewhat involved in its own sort of avoida. When, however, we utilize the matos, the strength, to bend and even to transform the nefesh Bahamas into good, which this is completely opposite of its nature, and through this, the whole Nefesh of Bahamas is sort of losing even who he was, what it was. Especially when we have the transformation also of the darkness of the Golos. So this causes the real is the ultimate and greatest strength in Aliyah Bligvul, even in the Nefesh Alikis itself. The Nefesh Alikis also gains from that, in a way of Bukhal Moedecha, even more than the Moed of the Nefesh Alikis itself. So again, the Nefesh Alikis still had some sort of connection to godliness before, so it didn't go out of its limitations completely, but when it achieves this with the Nefesh Bahamas, then the Nefesh kiss gains in a way that goes completely beyond anything. And through this, he becomes Kavayachal, one with Atmos. Says the Rebbe, according to this, we're going to understand the Chidush, that Shiva Asr Batamus, the first day of Bein Hamitzarim, falls out on Shabbos Parshas Balak. The general idea and the purpose of the Bein Hamitzarim is that Ultimately, Hashem will transform all of the morning into happiness. The days of fasting itself will be transformed. The Rebbe says that that this is actually also hinted in the fact that Hashem says to the Novi Yirmiya, He shows him a makil shokade, a branch from a tree of almonds. And he says that the idea is, shokeh is from the word of also meaning speed and haste, because I'm going to bring my words very quickly. Which as Chazal tell us, this is a remez to the 21 days of the three weeks. Because just like there's 21 days in the three weeks, this is similar to the 21 days that it takes from the blossoming of the almonds until it's completely ready. Says the Rebbe, but Hashem over here is hinting not only to that which is the opposite of good, but mainly, says the Rebbe, that Hashem is hinting to the whole purpose of it all, 
that it should be makel shake this this uh, branch from the almond tree lamal yuso in the positive way in the good side as the Alter Rebbe explains regarding parach mate ari when ari stick blossoms into shkedim that the reason is because it's coming to show on the speed and the great strong hashpa coming from Hashem into this world. So there, so, so the Rebbe now goes back and says, therefore we have Shiva Asr Betamus, and also Tishma falling out on Shabbos, like the Kvis of the year the Rebbe is saying the Sicha, and we know that Shabbos pushes off that fast, so in addition to the fact that Shabbos is changing the day of Bainam Tzarim into a day that you, have, you need to have Simcha and Oineg, it's similar to the idea of Ha'afachti, Evlam Lesosayn, especially says the Rebbe, That we know that really this is generally the whole idea of what Shabbos is all about. It says in the Torah's Koyenim, on the Pasuk, Mizmoyer Shir Yoim HaShabbos. What does Yoim HaShabbos refer to? It refers to the time that Mashbis Mazikim in Oilam, that Hashem is going to be removing all harmful things of the world. The Tzemach Tzedek explains this, that really the Shlemus of Shabbos, Shabbos is all about transforming all the negative things, all the harmful things into good. And something similar to this was already in the very first Shabbos of creation. And that was be able to be seen by Gashmi Yismamish. Chazal tell us that during the first Shabbos, there was no darkness. The light of that, of that Shabbos was for 36 hours straight. There was light. That means that Shabbos, so going Friday, Friday and Friday night in Shabbos. That means that Shabbos Bishlemus is really all about accomplishing the Ishapcha transformation of the days of Bainam Tzorim. Because the whole idea of Shabbos, the Shlemus of Shabbos, as it was in the beginning of creation, is to transform the darkness of, of, of the darkness of the night into light. The in a similar way, transforming the Golos and Beinam Tzorim into happiness, transforming the darkness into light. Says the Rebbe, and therefore, what follows then is that when Shiva Osir Betamus, right in the beginning of Beinam Tzorim, falls out on Shabbos. Immediately you have this idea of makdim refuel maka Hashem's cure coming before the Bainam Tsarim, transforming these days right from the beginning. And therefore this makes it even easier that the avoid of the person in the Bainam Tsarim, this avoid of Matois and Masai, and and as they are together should be in a much easier way, this avoid of transforming the Nefesh Abahamis and the Golos. Says the Rebbe, so too, because of the Parsha of the Torah that's now added, Parsha's Bolok. Because what's the idea of Parsha's Bolok? Are the brachis of Bilam, which came in a way that Hashem didn't want to listen to Bilam. He transformed the curses into blessings. So as the Rebbe, so here again we have the Chiddush, that not only that Hashem transforms the curses into blessings, but also the idea that it comes through Bilam specifically. He is the one that's compl- the complete klipa, the opposite of Moshe. He's the one that's the ultimate opposite of Kedusha. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, the very ending of his Nevoah is regarding the Acharis Hayamim, the time of the Geula through Mashiach Tzedkenu. As the Rambam explains, which will take out the Eden from the Golos, from the Bainam Tzarim completely. And when all of these things come together, we have Mateis and Masi connected. And therefore, as we said, we'll also read Parshas Pinchas and Bainam Tzarim. And especially in the Kvis of the year that the beginning of Bainam Tzorim is Shabbos. And Barsha's Balak is also read. So that hastens even more the Yehav That from the Makel Shaked should be the Shkida, the hastening for the good, the bringing close the Geula in a, in a, in a quick way. That it should be Shakadati Lahachnis, 
Hashem is working, so to speak, to hasten, to bring the Yidin as quickly as possible into Eretz Yisrael. Beshaitachadu, berigachadu, should be the gulu through Mashiach Tzadkainu Lamata, me'asorat fachim.